Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Alan. Hey, Mark. What you been up to? Well, a uh, continuation of our long theme, it seems like, on <laughs> content management systems. Uh, so the last episode, we talked a lot about this kind of this experiment, thought experiment, uh, code uh, playground I was doing with Jovo and thinking about how you could create a content management system for basically for the responses um, yeah. and how you could um, maybe push that into its own system. So designers would be able to come up with all the content, use conditionals for each of the different sections. And some of those things would just be picked up automatically by whatever is in the, in the context or the environment, which is based up of all the different things, the request that comes in, the different things that Jovo layers on top of uh, as far as the input and the, the output, and then any of the data storage mechanisms that Jovo has. But the idea is that you could define um, what these templates were in some sort of a UI or GUI, right? Right, and, and you know this gives the advantage that you would have developers would be able to, to add code and such into the Jovo component, but that lots of stuff could be offloaded outside of this, this code block. Right. Uh, so you didn't need developers all the time. Yeah, and so in and, the end- And, and okay. one of the things I commented at the time was this is looking good, but uh, you're gonna need a UI to go yes, build those templates. <laughs> yeah, so um, the idea is that in the end, the output of this UI would be a JSON file that's hosted in the database, hosted in S3, maybe like generated and stored in the code um, as, a, as a file. Um, so, but in the end, if uh, the idea being is if you can get this data in a JSON file, then you could put it someplace where it was accessible and uh, you could use and you know, customize outside of the code. So that, that's kind of the idea. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen and I'm going to introduce you to um, a headless content management system uh, called Sanity.io. Okay, we've talked about Sanity a little bit before and I think in either part one or part two of our uh, CMS. Yeah, we, we, we've mentioned okay. it. Um, so Sanity.io is a uh, headless content management system, which means that you can use APIs um, to add or change data or also query data um, to, to, uh, or content to put into your system, whatever your um, system is. It could be a mobile app, it could be a website, it could be um, a voice app, right? It, um, so WordPress is a content management system, but it's, its UI is, is married to the content. It's extensible and things, and it does a lot of, a lot of things, but but there is a UI that's dedicated to WordPress. Whereas with, um, with a headless CMS, you would have to create your own UI to access. The, the whole idea is, is that it's API first. It's a content management system that was built on with a, an API first, and then any UI would be built querying that API. And the and, API and is, when we, is- yeah. And when we say, uh, you know, uh, any any UI would be querying that API. We mean a UI for the user facing end. Yes. The, so the user, the content creator for creating blog posts and other things, right? That would. Oh, so would also have... for content. So so also for content creators. So basically, yes. this is this is a data store 
and you'll have apps that both are, are part of the content creation and other apps that are part of the content usage, perhaps. Yes, exactly. Okay. Or you can plug it into some sort of a pipeline where you do different things and this pipeline would push something into um, some system and that might call an API, which would then you know, push it into to Sanity's data store. So you can get a free um, account on, on Sanity. So there is no risk in, in trying it out. Um, and they're, they're pretty um, flexible. You've got, you know, you've got some uh, generous usage here. You get two different data sets, which are you know, two different, in essence, databases. So I've got one that's their, their built-in blog sample. And then I've got another one that's kind of my playground for a voice CMS, kind of playing around with the idea here. But you, you've got uh, so many um, you know, API calls and bandwidth and different things. Um, built in and then you would pay additional things but uh, as long as you're within this amount then it's then it's free now so, looking looking at this and i have not looked at sanity io before mm -hmm. so you know they refer to documents and assets here what what is a document and what is an asset in this context and versus a data set perhaps or yeah maybe so not a data perhaps, set, I don't know. yeah a data set contains multiple documents and documents can be of different types. So um, like your typical, like a WordPress would have pages and posts, right? Uh -huh. So you could create a document that was of type blog post and you could create a document that was of type page and you could have multiple instances um, of those you know, documents. So like five blog posts and five pages would be 10 documents that would then be stored in a a data, a data Okay. Now, assets are, are, are really um, mostly image files. Yeah, graphics and audio, yeah. yeah. So so the queries that you're doing are against the documents? That's what's yes. being returned basically? Yeah. So um, I'm, what I'm gonna introduce today is just like how to, getting started with this. Um, and it's not, so it's not really, it's gonna be about how do you define the structure of documents and um, edit those and kind of what the UI is to do that. Um, and uh, it's not so much about consuming, but just remember that you because you can put this in there and it's an API first um, CMS, then, then you can pull this stuff out. And usually the way to, to query this stuff out is through um, GraphQL. Now there's kind of a layer um, that they put it on at some sort of a, a query language they call Grok. Um, that <laughs> that's that's uh, that's kind of a flavor of of GraphQL, but the idea is that you can say, "Give me all the documents that match this filter," or "Give me the document that matches this filter, but only return these fields." And if there's a nested or referenced field, go ahead and grab that as well. So you could pull back just the information that you need for a, a, a certain thing. So to get started, what you're going to do is you're going to install the Sanity CLI. What that's going to do is, uh, is create a, you know, a CLI tool where you can then say Sanity init. And what it's gonna do is ask you a couple of questions. It's going to then bring up a window, um, like a web page where you can uh, choose like what Google account or there's lots of different options, um, uh, how you're gonna log in. And so it's gonna use that information and behind the scenes, it's going to create an account for you. It's going to create a data set. 
Um, and you can choose a template, like you can say, hey, I want to use the blog template, and then it will create the different documents in that system uh, to do that. Um, so like on the, on the server side of things, you can see I've created a blog and I've created a voice CMS. And if I look into this, this blog, this is more of an admin saying, oh, you've got, uh, this is one of two data sets. You've got uh, three documents. It's, it's all about usage, but you can say who, who has, uh, who are the members of this? You can have unlimited admin access. You can also have um, non-admin users. Um, so there's just different, this is all settings about, um, you know, about this, uh, this project. Um, and I'm not too worried that you get to see the project ID because this is a dummy project. But um, what happens when you do um, the um, sanity init, then it's gonna create a project. And actually, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, it's gonna create a, a React project that has a lot of configuration. So behind the scenes, you know, you could you know, look in node modules and see all the, all the stuff that uh, you know, Sanity is, is going to, to put in there. So you can see all the different things that, yeah. So here's, uh, it's got, Re I saw React, yeah. There's React, um, some of the things that's, you know, that has Sanity. But um, what this is gonna be is it generates a web application that you can use to configure your documents, um, to find what your documents look like and create your documents. So for example, if I were to go here, this is my voice CMS project. It's also based off of the blog post. So it's got posts, authors, and categories, and then it's got this thing called response, which is the thing that I'm, I'm playing around with. But it generates this UI, which allows me to say, oh, hey, I wanna create a new post. And then um, based on the configuration that I typed in, it's going to go ahead and, and create fields. It's like, oh, this is a field. That's a title, it, maybe it's required, it's, it's uh, type string, it's got, but any of this UI is all based on just configuring JSON in this project. So what happens then behind the scenes is it's gonna actually configure. So now, you know, you, you could conceivably take this and host it on a website. Right now I've just kind of running local, which is also a good way to do it if you're just a developer, but you wanna have uh, this configuration. Uh, but you could take this and host it someplace and put a put a um, login in front of it so that you're you know. so so to be clear, what we now have is we have it's generated for you a React project which yes. you can compile and which becomes the uh, the content creator UI oh, the it, admin UI yeah yeah so so this becomes basically the the designer's workbench yes. So let's take just a quick look. I wanted to show you how easy it was to set this up. Um, so what you've got is a number of different sections, but here the most important section is the schema section. So like here is a blog post and they already gave it to us. And this is just a, you're, you're exporting a JSON object saying that the name of this is a post and it's gonna display on the UI as uppercase post. It's a document. Document means it's gonna show at the root level. The other option is an object. So an object doesn't show at the root level in the UI, but you can in, in, um, include an object or an array of objects 
inside of a document. And that's how you get some extensibility. So you can still group things into objects and break things out. So like, so here's the title, here's the slug, here's some different like uh, configuration options. And some of these types are like built-in types to um, sanity. So slug's a special type and uh, the type has options. And so in this case, it's saying, go ahead and use the title, the value in the title and uh, make the max length be 96 and then do whatever processing to generate a slug uh, for this. Here's an author, but it's referencing another type um, called author. Um, and I, I think that might even be a built-in type. Um, so you just go through and define what the different fields are. And then this little section at the end says, well, how do you want the UI to look? I want to be able to show the title, um, the author and, and the uh, an immediate image on it. And that's that's um, all you define for that. Um, same thing like with a category. Category is a document. It's got a title and a description. There's nothing else really going on there. Um, but then you, you group those together. Well, one, just by referencing that one of these things is a, another a type of something else that it just automatically figures out the relationship of how it's going to build the UI for you. Um, and in this case, uh, I'm going to go through and I'm, I'm specifying these different types. I just have to import these different JSON files that I've got for configuring different things. And this is where they all get tied together. And when you save it, then it actually compiles and pushes a, a, a change out to the, the web. And now you can update with the new content type. So, so, the, so, you're, so you've added... To the, so, so basically the process of you adding something is to create a new um, document. So I created this document response and document. And then including it in that schema. Okay, so, so yeah. take us through the document that you've created here. Remember the idea that we had in the last one with the content management system is that you could define these different output templates. Um, so in this case, I'm calling it a response. So it has a title. And so you could say like, oh, this is the welcome template or the welcome back template, something that's user friendly to kind of remind you what the purpose of the template is. Um, we talked about this idea of conditions that you could have uh, a string that would you take data from, from the environment and do conditional logic. And it would pick, uh, basically it would go through every template and then test the condition. If the condition matched, then it would be a candidate. And then it would figure out based on the candidate of all the templates, which ones it's going to uh, show to the user. Um, this data transform is kind of this idea um, that I'm playing around with is that you've got all this data in different places in the context and there's like uh, you know, dollar sign dot user dot data dot this, you know, and it could be really deep. If you had something that could transform stuff that are in disparate places of the environment using some sort of a data transform into an object that just included the stuff that you needed to fill in the, the, the template, or even be used as conditions for the different section templates, then you could you could do that with a data transform. This explains some of your posts now and Twitter. This now makes sense. So basically you're saying, th this is you saying, um, you know, for example, you create, you know, from the, the body that's sent in, Jovo creates an input object. You're now saying after that input object and after a bunch of other stuff, we how do I now create my own template input object? And that's basically what the data transform is? Yeah, so the data transform would be something that like if this template was selected, it would check to see if there's a data transform. 
if there is a data transform, it's going to go ahead and process that. And so then the, the resulting object that's the output of that transform would be the thing that would be used to test the condition um, on, uh, will be included to test the condition on, on this object. Um, well, that's, this, this condition is a little bit different. Um, let's go, um, like here's a message that has a speech and text, but that is enclosed in a, uh, a section. And so I'm also saying a section has a condition and a data transform. So I could have, this condition would be actually a data condition to check to see if I've got zero items, one items or multiple mm. items. Um, and if I wanted to do a data transform that was just for this section, I could do that. If not, it would use the one that was defined for the whole uh, response. So I could do one transform, um, but what happens is that if this, if this, this template gets um, selected, then the data transform is gonna happen and I, then it's gonna check the condition. And then this is like an array of sections that I've got. And then each section would have its own, uh, like I said before, its own condition that would be like a data. Uh, it, it could have anything in the environment, but it would most likely have the values from the data transform to do the conditions. And inside of these messages, so now here is uh, an array of multiple messages an array of multiple reprompts. Um, and so a message and reprompt are really the same. It's got a, a section that you can do speech and text and separate those if you want. You could just do text if you weren't gonna do SSML or one or the other, and, and it would fill in the other one based on uh, like speech markdown would just say, you know, take out the, make it text only, or if you only had text then so uh, that would be, how that would work, but this would be the, these string values for speech and text would have uh, template replacement like fields, double curly braces, you know, handlebars type templates, and the mm -hmm. values that would be filled in with those values would come from the the, the data transform or, from, or also the environment. I was going to say just from the data transform or from the environment. I think the data transform is an interesting one because it's almost creating aliases of a sort. And mm -hmm. it's a good way to say this long complicated thing, or even this set of long complicated things, I'm just gonna reduce it to one very simple thing. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And what's interesting about I may that have to is- steal, I'm warning you, I may have to steal that one from multi Steal it, go ahead. It's not copyrighted. I, I'm really liking this idea of, of data transform. So I wanna kind of keep pushing it and see how far I can go with it. Um, but the idea is, is as well as that you've got the text that's gonna be spoken or shown on the screen if you're just doing simple you know, text on a screen, mm -hmm. but you might also have an APL document and there's a data source that's part of the APL document and it might be in a different structure, even though the, you, know, even though you have this data that you've, you've said, I'm, I'm gonna talk about a, a product, product has a name and it has a, a you know, size and a weight and you know, whatever else it's got. And you're going to use that as part of your, your text to speech response. You might want to use that same information in APL, mm -hmm. but, but there are some constructs in APL where there's templates that already have a set structure that as long as you um, set the name, you know, like, like a title and a subtitle and use certain uh, values in the data source um, for that, then it just automatically fills in on the, the APL. 
And so you'd want to, even though you've got it in the right format, in one case, you might want to use a data transform to then transform that into another um, format that would fit with what you want, you know, what's going to make sense for you for your APL output. Yep. No, that, that makes a great deal of sense. So um, just really quick on, on the UI side of how that looks again, um, is that I can go ahead and create a response. I've created two responses here. Here's a welcome response. Um, and so I give it a name and here would be like what the condition would be. Here could be either a reference to another document called the data transform. And, but um, found a really cool library called uh, JSON-Xform uh, for JSON transform. And what it does is it takes in a JSON object source and a mapping, which is also JSON. And then the, and the output then is a JSON output. And so you really could have just a JSON string be this transform. Um, and it would just take whatever the values, the source would always be what's in the environment. So it would be the Jovo object that includes the dollar sign input, the dollar sign request, dollar sign data, dollar sign user dot data, yeah. dollar sign session dot data. Any of those things would be part of the environment. And those would be this that whole object since everything hangs off of that Jovo object, um, we could treat that as a, a, a JSON input object, the source, and then a mapping, and then the output would be the, the, the object that would then be used to, for the rest of this stuff. Now, now, let me ask you, one of the things that, does the data transform language allow for things like, if this field is set, then use this value, otherwise use this value, otherwise, you know, because, and I ask that because that's one of the things that multivocal had to deal that I had to deal with in multivocal was saying, yeah, sometimes I'm going to get this from uh, the session storage, but if it's mm -hmm. not in the session storage, then I need to get it from this other field. And if yeah. it's not there, I need to use this as a default. Right. No, it's not. I, the the currently the the thing that I'm using for the JSON transform is probably not that advanced. Um, part of the reason why I might have this be a separate data transform object is I could have two different types of transforms. One would be the simple transforms and the other one would be like code-based transforms. Mm, okay. And so I could have a, a well-known object in, in my you know, code that was the list of transforms by name. And then I could actually execute code and get the, uh, the response of the transform back and then use that data. So that's okay. The, now, I've got a question about the, the kind of logic behind how you're setting up responses here. I guess some of this is also tied to what we talked about last week. Yeah. Is that this is very response triggered. How do you tie a response to the request, basically? You know, what, what intent got triggered or mm -hmm. what action the user takes? I mean, I see some of that here in the condition. Yeah. Is it more than just what's in the condition or where, where does that get set? Yeah, no. So the idea right now is that everything would be in the condition. So you could have mm, a okay. multiple and uh, like in this case, um, the input type is uh, something that Jovo abstracts from whatever the request is and says, if this is the initial launching of the, the skill or chatbot or, or action, um, then it's going to give it an input type of launch. So I'm saying if the input type is launch and the user's object is new, is like this is the first time that the, the user object hasn't, you know, hasn't been mm -hmm. created before, then 
this would be the, the condition that would say, hey, if uh, these things in the environment match this condition, then this template qualifies. And then what it's going to do is this listen at the end is going to be when the response comes back, do I keep the microphone open or not? Mm -hmm. If we if we look into this, I'm not, and I'm not 100%, you know, I've, I've really just played around with it. So I'm still tweaking what the UI might look like or how to structure things. But like, here's a section. The idea is that I could have multiple sections uh, because in Jova, you could have multiple output objects in your response. Mm -hmm. And if it's a chat bot, then each output would be a different bubble. So if you think of like each section being a different bubble in the response, then, then, um, that, well, that and also, work. and also I imagine some of these sections would be things like, um, this would might be a section for which APL template to select. It could be, or I, I could see other sections just besides pure text message. Yeah. Come back. You know, you, you would be able to set more than one of those. Yeah. Exactly. So in this case, I'm you know playing with the idea that there could be conditions on sections because I might have some response that has some sort of like an intro, some like core message, and then the 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 prompt at the mm -hmm. end, and then then there's the reprompt. Usually, if there's a prompt, there's a reprompt. Um, so I could have each of the sections saying um, there could be like one of three different intros depending on different data values. Or like maybe you're introducing like your product um, and you're like, um, there are zero products. There is one product, you have 20 products, you know? So you might have a section that would have different conditions based on the number of items that are in the data, mm -hmm. in, the, in the array of data. And so then the message would be different based on that. So, so not only is the, the template response conditional, but the different sections could be conditional. Is the message also conditional? Do you have conditions on the messages too? I don't. And so that's, that's kind okay. of where, I, that's so, kind of where so, I stepped it is that at the section level would be where the conditions would be. And again, thinking about this compared to multivocal, multivocal does have each message can have a condition, but there's also this notion of base conditions. So you, you, set, you set something and it applies for all of the following messages until you set something else. Yeah. And this groups it slightly different, but it, it, it's got the same concept. Yeah, good. And the, and the idea here with messages being an array is that then now you can specify, um, like here's, you know, this is the actual response in this case, it would say, welcome. Mm -hmm. um, but you could have multiple messages here and then uh, you could even have part of this be like a, a weighted condition, but right now, um, if there were like 10 items that would randomly pick from these 10 items, what the mm -hmm. response was going to be. So that's kind of how you would handle variability. It's all part of the welcome response, um, but you can have variability based on uh, the number of messages or the number of reprompts that you've, that you have. So oh, this all makes perfect sense. Yeah. And again, so, you know, all, and all, and the result of this becomes a JSON file that becomes the configuration for your templates in Jova. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see if I can, does that tell me? It's been a while since I've done this. It's been uh, a while. You've been working on this how many days? <laughs> Not, probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 hours over the weekend. And this was just a, <laughs> 
This is so easy to set up. I set this up and what I've done here is like an hour worth of work um, defining these schemas. But you can see here how it's got, uh, uh, here's the, the raw data for this. It's got, uh, like here's my condition, here's my listen, here's my different array of sections. Um, and they've got uh, an array of messages and behind the scenes, it puts its own you know, data type and keys, uh, but you can like, so this is how it knows it's a response. This is how it knows it's a section object, but you know, you could very easily take this and, and use this as is to iterate through and pick, uh, pick templates. And plus there's a, like the, there's this feature in here where you can publish or you can unpublish so you can determine like when something goes live um, and you can also um, make duplicate. Like, so I, I created this one and then I duplicated it and did the welcome back one. So, um, you know, this may not be the best UI uh, for what we're uh, trying to do, but it does auto-generate the whole UI for you. Well, you know, one of, as, as one of the things that I said last week is that you're right, it may not be, but the only way we're going to figure out what works and what doesn't is by trying it out. Yep. You know, as th this seems to be a hot topic, the, the general notion of a conversation engine, a CMS, a, you know, whatever we want to call it. Um, and I've seen some where there are good ideas here, but there are problems. And I don't think we would have realized the problems until we tried mm -hmm. them out. Yeah. And this is like a low, low cost, you know, a kind of easy way to, to, do a playground, play around, see what you yeah. can figure out. Um, you know, like before I had to listen before off of the message object because that's the way Jovo actually does it. Cause these are real, um, a message object in Jovo has a speech and a text and it also has a listen, but it, and it figures out if there's multiple listens in the output, then it picks a, whatever the last one is, is the, what the response is. So it could turn the microphone or off or, or not. It's got some rules around that, but I, I thought, oh, it probably makes more sense to expose that out at the outer level. Since this is the thing that's going to get responded, do I want the microphone to still be open when this, this whole response happens? Um, so just playing around with different ideas, things may move around. Um, I may not like the data transform um, uh, thing, or I may really love it. Who knows? So it's just kind of, I could take this JSON here or the, the JSON, which would be the list of all the templates, and I could then hard code that into... Uh, my project that I've got over here, which is this the CMS, because like this is the same thing that I was playing around with. This templates.json would be like, here's the name of it, here's the condition. Oh, I forgot priority. I probably need to put that into the other template. And so I can you know play around with these different ideas and and uh, and you know I don't even have to necessarily connect this to the the CMS, but then I could, right? I could at right, the very you know, beginning I could query all the templates off of the CMS and then iterate through on on. Uh, each um, you know, each uh, turn of the conversation to figure out what the the response is going to be. I think it's very cool. You know, thanks. I, I think there's uh, for starters, I'm jealous because you know I'm I'm working on uh, you know the CMS for multivocal, and you know in ten hours you were way ahead of where. I was at 10 hours and you're probably way ahead of where I am now many hours later. Well, I'm not sure about that because you've got a lot of stuff that's, that's built in your configuration based with uh, smart fallbacks. All oh, that's all that's, there's nothing like that in this. 
And, you know, in some ways it's a, it's a different uh, approach. It's a different approach. Well, but again, we're, we're, we're all experimenting on what the possible approaches are. Yeah. And I think one of the big differences is that multivocal and the multivocal CMS are all from scratch. It's, it's really building from very basic principles. And you're yeah. saying, well, you know, what if I build this on top of Jovo? I've got a really, you know, well thought out, well structured, well tested base. And I'm just going to, you know, put a bunch of lines of code on top of that. And then, you know, I need a CMS for that. So I'll use this well-established, well-functioning base yep. and I'll build something on that. You know, so I, very different approaches, mm -hmm. um, but certainly your approach makes a lot more sense than mine does from, from, <laughs> from a software engineering and reuse approach. You're the smarter one of the two of us. I don't know. Be kind there, Alan. I think you've got a lot of ideas. And, and some of these things that I've been doing, I've been inspired by what I saw that you were doing with multivocal. So I, yeah, it's, it, we're building on, on shoulders on shoulders, right? Well, th no, this is definitely true. I mean, you know, a lot of my ideas are inspired by other projects and where they started from outside of voice. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, um, I think we are just all learning. I highly respect the fact oh, that you. you that you are using existing components and building on them. I think that's definitely from an engineering point of view, that's a very wise thing to do. Part of it is, is that I've been on projects before that I've tried to do and I've got <laughs> mired down in things. Like yeah. if I were to have to build a data store and a UI to edit that data store in React, then I would be spending all my time doing that and not no. really pushing the, the main idea that I'm wanting to push, which is what does the voice uh, CMS look like? Right, no, that's a very fair point. I mean, you know, I am building on this notion that there's uh, a configuration object in multivocal that just leverages Firebase. So I can just say, mm -hmm. it's Firebase, I don't care. That's, you know, large chunks of code I know don't need to deal with. Um, so that's a very fair point. Yeah. That we are, we are all building off of existing knowledge bases. So this is very exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going, you know, how this progresses over time. Yeah, let's, um, let's see if I get close enough that, that that I could, I don't know, take some small project and and build it and actually have it go live and see what the whole end-to-end -end is. I don't know, that's where I'm still feeling like I'm a long ways away from that, but uh, we'll, we'll keep pushing it um, as I have time for. Yeah, so I look forward, and I look forward to, to us uh, chatting about this in the future. Yeah, and, and looking for uh, feedback from any of you in the community um, on what what ideas that sparked or, or different ways that you might approach it. I'm, oh, I'm open for ideas. Yep, so as always, find Mark on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, comments. Um, and talk, yeah, talk yeah. with Ellen and, on, <laughs> on office hours. Um, there's a whole uh, nice group of uh, people there or on voice lunch, there's lots of different uh, uh, resources that you can you know, talk through these ideas with. And of course, we're gonna talk about them more another time, two voice devs. Two voice devs, take care, Alan. Take care, Mark, thanks for sharing this. Yeah, thank you, bye-bye.